Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson in DC. Today, my guest is going to be Daily Beast writer Cliff Schechter. If you listen to Bob Seska last Wednesday, you probably heard Cliff and Bob talking. Well, today he's going to be on my show. He's here with me and Cliff, along with John Aravosis, are the co-hosts of the Unprecedented Podcast. He's been a guest on various MSNBC shows and has bylines on The Daily Beast, The Guardian, HuffPost, and a number of other sites. A couple of quick things uh, before we get started. I wanted to just share something that I was really happy about. And basically what that is, is I did a podcast for patrons only not too long ago. And I shared the fact that I'm utilizing manifesting. And to be real quick, manifesting is just basically setting a goal and then doing visual, like, like a relaxing visualization where you have achieved that goal and you feel what it feels like to have achieved it. And then you take inspired action to make that goal happen. So it's a great way to stay focused. It's a great way to stay positive because you have to believe that you can achieve it. And sometimes we have... Um, negative thoughts that we have to overcome. And one of the ways that, you know, like our, let's say our conscious says, I, um, my goal is to earn $100,000 a year, but maybe your subconscious feels like I'm never going to be able to do that. It's too much. It's too, it's too big of an ask. So what you have to do is you have to push out that negative thought from your subconscious and replace it with, with belief that you can and that you deserve it and that you're worth it. So, the same kind of thing can be applied to really, you know, I mean, it could be applied to money, it can be applied to some kind of a job, and it can be applied to politics. Now, it needs to be collective, but I posted yesterday, I wrote, every night before you fall asleep and every morning when you wake up, visualize January 2021 and the new Democratic president being sworn in. See Lindsey Graham gone. Susan Collins, gone. Mitch McConnell, gone. And Devin Nunes, gone. Really feel it and then make it happen. So I tweeted this out and I put it all over social media. And I was extremely pleased to see that it was met with a very positive response. People are either quote tweeting me and saying yes, or they're, you know, replying. A a lot of people recognize this as manifesting. But the great thing about this is I just, the last check I had on it, it was like 14,000 likes and 3.3 thousand shares on Twitter, which is something that I didn't expect. I, I Usually when you post something negative or something that makes people angry, that's what goes viral. Occasionally, you know, positive things go viral, but usually it's, it's the stuff that drives us mad. So the fact that something positive went viral and the fact that this particular idea that we can collectively visualize and feel what it's going to feel like to have a new Congress and a new Democratic president. Um, And then most importantly, we, we feel it. And most importantly, then we act. We make it happen with action. So that means if, if you're usually just somebody who votes and only votes, maybe this year you can make a donation. Maybe this year you can knock on some doors. Maybe this year you can make some phone calls. Take an extra step. Because if we collectively see this happening and then work to make it happen, we will make it happen. It's very simple. It's complicated, but it's simple. So anyway, I was just happy to see that there was a positive, a very, very positive um, 
reaction to that post. And then I also just kind of quickly want to say, I mean, I watched the Academy Awards last night. I don't know if you did. I was really pleased to see Joaquin Phoenix win for the Joker. That was fucking phenomenal. He was amazing. That was an amazing performance. I adore him and I love him. And what makes me adore and love him even more is the speech that he gave after. If you didn't see it, you should see it. It was great because it was like, it was a political speech, but it wasn't. It was humanity more than anything. But of course, humanity is political and politi- you know politics are, are about humanity. So, or should be anyway. Oh my God. So, but the thing that I also appreciated was that Brad Pitt, accepted his Academy Award. He came up on stage and he said, they told me I have 40 seconds up, 45 seconds up here, which is more than the Senate gave John Bolton this week. Maybe Quentin will make a movie about it. And in the end, the adults will do the right thing. I just want to put this out there to anybody who's listening. Maybe, you know, Brad Pitt, maybe out there, somebody knows uh, Brad or Quentin, you know, any of these people, those Leonardo DiCaprio, Quentin Tarantino and Brad Pitt have so much fucking power. It's insane. They, that trio of men, of white men, <laughs> have a lot of power. And I hope that they use it in a way that's, I mean, I know that, that Leo is already doing things for the environment. I believe he's working with um, Greta Thunberg. And, you know, I know that individually they do things, but I would love for them to come together as a trio to fight back against what's going on. And, you know, I mean, they can do it in a positive way. They don't have to do it in a way that's like anti-Trump supporter per se. They could do it with a get out the vote effort or like an ad or something, just something. They have so much power. I just hope they use it. So there's, there's my plea. Please do something. Okay, before we get started, Start Me Up is an independent podcast, and it's woman-run. I am the woman. For the month of February, I'll be donating 5% of the podcast earnings to Planned Parenthood. And if you like the show today, please consider becoming a monthly subscriber at patreon.com slash startmeup. When you sign up for a dollar, you get each podcast in your email box, and it's an inexpensive way to see if the show is for you. You can always upgrade later. The more patrons there are, the more money that goes to Planned Parenthood. So that's a good thing. And then also $5 a month gets you into the patrons only segment, which is recorded at least two times a month. Sometimes I use a guest. Sometimes I'm by myself. Um, You know, it's a little bit more personal than the free show. I try to make it interesting. If you'd like to make a one-time donation, check out the text of the Patreon description of this show. I include my PayPal info. And then whether you sign up as a monthly subscriber or if you pay as you go, Your support helps, it makes a difference, and it keeps the show going. You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. It would be awesome if you could become a subscriber on iTunes. It's free. And then give the show a good review. I need them. I'm growing my um, podcast on iTunes, so please give a good review, a good five-star rating. uh, And that would just be really appreciated. As always, I am grateful for all of my patrons. Thank you for listening. And now, please enjoy my conversation with Cliff Schechter. Welcome, Cliff. Hello. How are you? I'm here. How are you? <laughs> I'm here too, which is kind of cool. I appreciate you inviting me to be here. Well, I'm happy to have you on. I've, you know, I know you through Bob, and of course, um, of, I don't remember that woman's name, but I know he talked about it on his show the last time. But you totally took down that Cleta woman. What was oh, her God. name? Cleta uh, Mitchell. My God. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, those are fun memories. That was a <laughs> that was around like so. I lived in Washington at that time. It was around. 2006, 7, 8, and uh, 
I know this will be hard for us to imagine in our current sort of Twitter and Facebook and, you know, kind of dominated universe, but where most of the political action was going on then, and I guess a lot of it still is, is on cable. Mm-hmm. And I, for some reason, I started being invited on some of these shows, probably because I'm a bit of an asshole and they like <laughs> that. And I, <laughs> I can be argumentative. I mean, I, I, I'm nice to my friends and my family. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> so hopefully they like me. Uh, but when you, when you find, you know, when you're in, when I find your arguments to be in bad faith, no matter what side of the spectrum, I mean, it's obviously much more often on the right, although we do have some on the left yeah. who do this these days. Um, I, I, I just can't, I don't suffer fools yeah. and I can't help it. It's, it's, so she starts spouting. So this was 2006 mm-hmm. all the way back during two or three Republican scandalous, you know, administrations and periods mm-hmm. ago uh, when, you know, the Jack Abramoff stuff was going on. Oh and, Yeah. You remember that? And, mm-hmm. and Duke Cunningham with his yacht filled with, I think, <laughs> uh, campaign contributions are dead. My oh, guy shouldn't even make that joke. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so um, basically, you know, I went on and, and I kind of studied up a little bit on all the scandals which were shocking that were going on. And, and I kind of went, um, you know, it's sort of almost like I say sometimes the osmosis. Sometimes you have those right. perfect times where you study up on something and you remember everything just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Other times it doesn't work. That time she started saying how Democrats had scandals and she listed like one or two of them <laughs> and how they were so scandalous and it wasn't just the Republicans. And I just went off on her and like I think I listed about seven or eight in a row because yeah. it just kept coming to me and I kind of mocked her a little bit. And I mean, look, she's on the board of the NRA. She's virulently anti-gay and led one of those organizations. Mm-hmm. Everything she does in her life is in bad faith. So, I, I, you know, I mean, one could look back now and argue, maybe, and maybe you could make that argument. I'd let you do it before me, that, <laughs> that it was a little sexist. I was definitely I don't. I nice didn't see her. it as sexist. No, I didn't see it as sexist. And I would call um, it out. I would say so. Oh, I appreciate that. I know you would. I follow you on Twitter. <laughs> you're, you're person, which I enjoy. Yeah, so, I mean, and I, and, and I would say in my heart of hearts, it wasn't like I was trying to bully a woman. And if you watched a few of the clips of me up against a couple of the, the you know, Chumps that are still popping up: John McLaughlin, Republican pollster; Brad mm-hmm. Blakeman, Republican whore. I don't even know what he does. He's a <laughs> lobbyist of some sort. Um, I was just as much, you know, I, I did the same thing to them. But that one, I guess, because of all the scandals, just went really viral. Yeah. I mean, in a period sort of, you know, where you had to send stuff email to email. I know, kids, the dark ages. Um, <laughs> you got, you know, I think it had like seven or eight hundred thousand uh, views or something wow. of that nature, which, which was a lot back then. Yeah. You know? Well, it, it felt good because you basically just called her out. I mean, that's why I say, I, I mean, I think it's important to make distinctions that human beings can be assholes. And just because, um, you know, a, a man and a woman have a disagreement, it doesn't mean a man is being sexist towards a woman. Um, I think that there are certain telltale signs when sexism comes into play. But I certainly didn't feel that. I think that, you know, she was lying and you were calling her out on that. So, well, thank uh, you. Yeah, and I didn't. I would agree with you. You know, I'm not saying every disagreement. Sometimes I guess if you're getting really aggressive, right. there's a line there where I don't yes. want to feel like I'm trying to physically bully somebody right. in a way to get them to I just was angry because of she was so disingenuous yeah. and just lying about everything and we also were in different studios so I could not have you know physically bullied her of if course I to, which I <laughs> but I, I appreciate that yeah I mean I just she's just I mean you know she's she's she back then 
that I feel like that was an early period where some of these people were rising to the top of the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pre-Tea Party, mm-hmm. um, which which was more like like opening the floodgates of the mouth breathers, right? Um, <laughs> and so she, you know, but they already like the NRA was the NRA, and yeah. some of these groups like the Family Research Council, which I think she was involved with, one of those groups that had family in it, but had actually nothing to do with yeah. being pro-family. Um, only if your family looked like theirs, which is white, <laughs> straight, and have a stick up your ass. So, <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, I it was uh, I, it just was one of those moments, and you know, sometimes you get those sort of perfect moments in life where everything comes together, and people loved it and shared it. And I've had a couple weird experiences in life since then, where you know, I, I wondered once or twice walked into places, people knew me from somewhere, wow. and they couldn't quite picture it, yeah. and then remembered that clip. Um, my, my wife's cousin, who I love, and is a great guy. He's a very, he used to be, call himself a very moderate Republican. I'm hoping he's come over to our side. But in any case, he's a doctor. Brilliant, brilliant. I'm going to call him a kid, even though he's like 30, because that's what you do when you're 48. <laughs> um, and he, um, you know, and, and it was hilarious because he was arguing with a Democratic friend of his. Um, this is like at least five or six years ago when this happened. And his friend was like, well, here, I got a video for you. You should watch. And his friend sent him the video of me. Wow. <laughs> Where he was like, that is my wife. That is my, my cousin's husband. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious, right? I mean, it's, the world is a random place. And stuff like that happens. That's right? awesome. Clearly, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying that's awesome that that, that yeah. happened. How, what a small a world. Yeah. All right. I mean, you know. But, um, well, the, yeah, yeah those know. takedowns can be great. I mean, I remember one of the uh, I had already been a fan of Lawrence O'Donnell, but had, did you ever see when he was um, when he had Orly Tates on his show? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> anybody, anybody who hasn't seen that, it's so worth it because she was spouting off all this birther bullshit. And, um, you know, it was like he let her go for a little while. But then he was like typically that angry Lawrence O'Donnell. You know, like when he when yep. you when you piss, you do not want to piss off Lawrence O'Donnell. But when you do no, man, he had that side <laughs> to him and that's what I appreciate. Like, yeah, he has that side where he doesn't suffer fools where he's just yeah. like, you know what? I've had enough of this shit. Yeah. Um, and he's like, know, throw he, a taker he, off the air. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I, the last sort of decade or so, I mean, I've lived in the Midwest, which is certainly, you know, you get invited a lot less on those TV shows, which is fine. I mean, you know, yeah. and they're fun to go on, but not my life's goal. But right. but um, I have been invited on O'Donnell's show a few times when I write for the Daily Beast here and there. Uh, I used to do a lot more. I've been kind of busy lately, but I, I write some columns and, and one, or, one or two of them that have done well online that have kind of gotten passed around. He's mm-hmm. had me on. Wow. So he's, a, he's fun. He's a, I mean, I've I love enjoyed him. anyhow going on the show. Yeah, I really, I've always loved Lawrence. He's definitely one of my favorites. Um, you know, I want to ask you about the election. So um, yeah. I want to start talking about that. I know, I think it was last night, I think, uh, where it came out that Buttigieg officially won Iowa. I think he got 14 delegates. I think Bernie got 12. And I, and, Something and, like that, yeah. yeah. And um, so I'm curious to know uh, if you have a prediction for New Hampshire. That's a good question. Um, I have to, I'm not going to tell you what I want to happen. Mm -hmm. I will say, I do think maybe Bernie barely holds on because Mm -hmm. it is in his backyard. Didn't he win Um, last time? Didn't he get New Hampshire last time? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, look, I, 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 I think he, didn't he? I think he did. Yeah. I think, I think Hillary got Iowa, just squeaked by with Iowa and then he got New Hampshire. That's what I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird because you kind of lose track of some of this. Yeah. uh, with all the uh, everything going on, but but um, you know, and I'm not quite about it. I'm I'm not at all a Bernie Sanders fan. Me um, neither. And, um, 
I was, but I'm not anymore. Well, I was because I liked some of his policies. Exactly. And I started being introduced to to him and who he surrounds himself with and mm-hmm. some of the things he did and said in the past. And, you know, I was lost. But but in any yeah. case, so I'm, so I'm not even telling you what I what I want to happen because mm-hmm. uh, that's not what I want to happen. But I, I, I think because of the, the kind of backyard, the only way I could see that not happening, maybe because Elizabeth Warren, it's also kind of her backyard. If yeah. She into, you know, and I'd love to see her have a surprisingly strong um, finish, but I mean, you know, I'm not just saying this, right? There are times where this stuff's a little more easily predictable. Mm-hmm. Like it's a mess up there right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard. There's people. I mean, I've heard people say, from, from, and again, I don't know if they're basing this on on polling. You know, I talk to people that are in the business who are either working on campaigns or um, are pundits or whatever. I've got somebody today who I, whose opinion I really trust, tell me they thought that that Amy Klobuchar could pull ahead and win. Yeah, and maybe that's crazy. I don't know. But I think I, it, you know what I, I I could see it happening. Um, right. You know, and, and, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's really a tough thing, but I, I'll go with the prediction of it's not a convincing one, but that Bernie barely wins. How about yeah. That? I mean, I think Bernie has a good chance of winning. I mean, we've got the election memory from the last time and then, um, he does, you know, he, he showed really well in Iowa. And I think that those two States in particular, um, I can understand why he would have a strong showing. I mean, I think super Tuesday is going to tell a different story and, you know, it really will depend Here's what I'm curious about, especially what you think. A uh, couple things. Sure. Number one, obviously, okay, first of all, Biden didn't do so well in Iowa, and then um, he's not really polling great for New Hampshire. So now, I mean, we've been fed this Biden is the one to beat Trump, and then here comes the primaries, and it's like nobody's choosing Biden at this point. I think right. Sa- South Carolina may be, you know, a, it may be different, and it may put, you know, like catapult him back to the top. It'll depend on how many, I don't know how many delegates uh, South Carolina offers, but it could give him like a boost, and perhaps that could help him. I don't yep. think it's going to happen, but we'll see. So I don't, I don't either. Um, yeah, I would say at this point, and again, I actually I like Biden. Yeah, uh, he's not my, not my top choice, but I like him. Yeah, I would I would say um, looking at things right now, looking at the way things are lined up, he does at least have like this reservoir of goodwill in the African right. American community that that is is a strong factor to put it to sort of count in there, and then that's a large voting block on South Carolina and the Democratic mm-hmm. primaries, but. Uh, you know, if he really finishes badly, which I could see in New yeah. Hampshire, I mean, I could see him, you know, and then he absolutely has to have not just a win, but it's, a convincing yeah. win in South Carolina, or I think he's actually done. Yeah. I mean, I'm and then kidding. he's got to like, win, like, like, yeah, he's got to win, like, California. He's got to win Texas. And if he can't do that, which, frankly, I mean, it, it you know, I, I saw Ben Cohen, who runs the Daily Banter, posted something on Facebook today and it was talking about that Democrats need to calm down, blah, blah, blah. But he says, you know, Hey, um, I think Bernie could be the nominee. And I, I, I'm not positive about this, but I'm almost positive that he, Oh, my cat has decided to come and be on the That's podcast. Okay. We have four of them in this house. So it can happen at any time because we love them. We, yeah. we end up, uh, we end up, you know, somebody finds one on the sidewalk who's, who we just feel <laughs> terrible about it. And we were like, well, we'll just foster him. Our third we don't keep him. And of course he's still here. And then so, they're always you know. there. Yeah. Um, so in any case, um, so yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> well, hopefully she'll just, lay down. But anyway, um, so I, I'm wondering though, you know, I mean, I don't see Biden making it in those bigger States because I think 
Oh, I know. I was talking about Ben Cohen. Ben Cohen thinks that perhaps Bernie could be the nominee. And if that's the case, we need to just get behind him, whether, you know, and I, I feel the same. I mean, it's like I'm going to be voting for the Democratic nominee in November, no matter who it is. And I keep saying it's not, you know, people always love to go, but what if it's Tulsi? It's not going to be Tulsi. So don't worry about right. it. Um, it's going to be Bernie. And even Tulsi would be like a Russian agent with some better positions on choice. <laughs> yeah, guns, exactly. Versus a, a, a Russian agent with bad positions on that. So I suppose I'd even have to vote for Tulsi. Yeah, Sorry. I mean, it's just it's it's a no brainer. But um, what I'm like now, everybody's throwing Bloomberg around, and you know, Bloomberg has some great ads coming yep. out and he understands how to I think he understands more than anyone um, at least he's proven to me that he can go after Trump with the kind of energy and um, I don't know what the word is but like kind of pound him in a way that none of the other candidates are doing and then yep. not only that he's got the money to um, that he's you know putting towards down tickets now Biden, uh, Bloomberg is not my first choice for so many reasons, but I, right. you know, I, I'm trying to not be emotional about this because I was emotional in 2016 and it was very difficult for me. You know, I mean, I was a Bernie supporter and then I became a Hillary supporter. And then just as you were talking about the same reasons, you know, I was, I, I kind of lost my way with him, but I'm not going to be ridiculous about it. And I'm not going to not vote for the person because they don't pass my own little purity test. But I also that's why I kind of want to take a more analytical approach this time with Warren being my definite preference. Um, But I can see where things are shifting and I'm starting to see the conversation, at least um, on Twitter, where, you know, like there's Claude Taylor. I don't know if you know if you know who he is. Um, Okay, well, he posted the other night, you know, like, all right, if if Bloomberg comes along and and he pushes out the Bernie crowd, which is, this is what he said, but it's like, you know, he pushes that out and he, he's able to, you know, pay, you know, put all this money toward down ticket. I'm all for him. And so like, what do you think, what do you think is going to happen with Bloomberg? I mean, he's putting all this money in advertising right now. He hasn't been on the debates. um, And then he's going to show up and boom, like, do you think he's going to make a big impact? Do you think he's going to have a chance at becoming the nominee? I actually do. Um, and so let me start by full disclosure, right? Um, I worked for one of my biggest clients for about five years for my PR firm was Every Town for Gun Safety. Mm-hmm. At the time, Mayors Against Illegal Guns, which became Every Town when they joined with Moms Demand Action. Right. And and so to be clear, you know, I, I've gotten paychecks from at least Bloomberg's C3s and C4s, if not directly. I never directly worked for him. But I just figured it's, it's important to disclose that. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know he, the way I see it is, and it's funny because Will Bunch, who is a you know was a Bernie supporter like you were in 2016, um, is a Warren supporter now, as, as I think you are. He said something on Twitter that I found very interesting. You know, he jumped out there and sort of said, you know, I live in the suburbs of Philadelphia. Um, you know, he's a he's a columnist for the Philly Inquirer uh, or whatever, and he's like, I'm, my neighbors, a lot of them lifelong Democrats, are starting to talk about Bloomberg hmm. and how they think he is the one who can beat Trump, especially because of the resources he has. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I jumped in. I said, you know, it's interesting because you know here he is around Philly in a swing state, mm-hmm. swing you know folks. Here I am in Cincinnati, Ohio may not be quite certainly a lean Republican swing state at this point, but um, it, it's still 
Democrats are elected here statewide, and it's still something where it, it's winnable. Um, and I'm seeing the same thing here in Cincinnati, hmm. where there are people that have been longtime Democrats, and some are even kind of like breakaway moderate Republicans who don't feel like they have a home, mm-hmm. and they're coalescing up in Bloomberg. I mean, it sort of reminds you the the impact that advertising has. Mm-hmm. And when you can spend those kinds of resources, um, you look, look, I mean, I think we all get into these purity tests. I'm not saying you, I think a lot of people do though, where, you know, you have your, uh, we, we, we get into these little subcultures where everybody thinks like us, mm-hmm. even within the democratic party, within like, even like within one candidate's world, there's some people you're in this group and you're in that group. Anybody who's been on the list serve with other activists has seen this before mm-hmm. or, or, or private Facebook groups. And like, you can't believe that anyone else could support that other candidate. Right. You start meeting them and seeing why. And look, you know, I, I'm seeing a lot of this. My, my view of it is that almost any other year, uh, you couldn't do what Bloomberg's doing, but the things going on right now, yeah. are, look, we all are heat and, or are frightened by the prospect of a Trump second term and mm-hmm. what that could do to, to our democracy. If we could call it that anymore right. after that, um, that's one thing. The second thing is the muddled kind of, um, stuff going on at the top where there's no real winner from Iowa. There may be no real winner in a big sense from New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third factor is the underperformance of Biden. Yeah. As you said, there were these expectations uh, of Biden when he came in that, you know, he had these lofty numbers, obviously a lot of goodwill because of Obama mm-hmm. and everything else and universal name recognition pretty much. And everybody thought, you know, but the problem with when you have those kinds of high numbers is it creates expectations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sorry. I hope people don't sort of think I'm being ageist here. I'm, I'm being objective about this. He, he, when he's on a stage, he just he doesn't come off with yeah. the kind of vigor that he used to. Exactly. And that's, it's, I mean, I'm right there with you. In fact, the um, Dem debate the other night, uh, I, I noticed that he was, you know, I mean, I know he has an issue with stuttering um, right. and he's made that very clear. But if you compare uh, how he spoke 10 years ago, how he's speaking now, there's a difference. So perhaps it is due to his stuttering, but it's also, I think his stuttering might come out a little bit more now because he is, I mean, That's, he's yeah, had, yeah. And, well, and the thing that I, you know, I mean, obviously it's like you said, goodwill, name recognition, Obama, all of that stuff. Um, but the man has been through so much in his life. Yeah. It's been, I mean, he keeps going. And I read an article that, you know, like talking about family members dying has been motivating for him, you know, that he wants to create a better a world and a better country and all of this. Um, but I mean, geez, he's been through some freaking hard shit. And, oh you know, God. I mean, and it's like, and, and my heart goes out to him. And I feel like initially when he announced that he was going to run, you know, the way that I felt about it was I didn't think he was going to get the nomination for all the obvious reasons. He's a gaffe machine. He, you know, <laughs> he's plagiarized in past elections, all this stuff. Um, right. and, and also not that I thought that the, you know, the touching of shoulders and stuff like that with women, I didn't think that was like disqualifying, but I just thought it was going to be one of the other things that was going to be pinned up against the fact that he's not going to get it. But I was wrong. You know, nothing really stuck to him. And especially when this came out, you know, the Ukraine thing and Hunter Biden and all of that, at least from my perspective, I gathered that Democrats didn't give a shit. In fact, if anything, they rallied behind him. And, you know, and and so I really did. I was very surprised with Iowa. And I, I, I figured, but I think what you said is true. It's like, I think that his age is starting to show. And even though there are other people in this race that are older, it, you know, it, it's not showing with them. 
You know, I mean, that's the issue. I yeah. think is that is that is that it shows with him. More. Yeah. And I mean, so look, uh, and again, I, I like him, and I, you know, yeah. I'd be happy voting for him. I'm just saying those three factors. Um, the Biden, Biden losing some some steam mm-hmm. led to a lot of voters open, and and then that's right when Bloomberg is advertising and doing these huge campaigns. Yeah. Um, you know, and and. There are a few issues also, which I, if I were to be honest, I mean, look, I mean, as somebody who gun control is an important issue to me, it's an important issue I've worked on. I have some goodwill with Bloomberg because of that. Other people mm-hmm. do too. So, I mean, uh, you know, I, I think all of that creates a perfect storm mm-hmm. for him. And, and look, like he, the, we have only 160 or so delegates are given out in January, like with Super Tuesday. And, you know, and Ohio is two weeks later mm-hmm. and a number of other states I have to look at all of them. But in, in March, there's like 1700 delegates given. Wow. And so no one has been able to do this before, but no one else has run like this. Who was the 10th richest person in America yeah. or whatever he is, you know? So, I mean, I, I think to sort of use, uh, you know, the past you end up missing things like mm-hmm. it'd be like ignoring small dollar fundraising for Bernie because nobody did it 15 years ago mm-hmm. in the way that we do it now. I mean, these are changing, you know, aspects of, of, of campaigns. And in this case, we've got so I don't I mean, I think Bloomberg actually stands a really good chance. And I'm starting to hear these conversations, mm-hmm. too. Um, you know, and I'm I'll be honest, I'm warming up to him for some of those reasons. Now, I'm not fully decided yet, but I but I, I get nervous about the, the Trump um the, the, the Trump machine, mm-hmm. and that includes Fox and other, you mm-hmm. know, sort of uh, appendages of the right. And, you know, that's like a free super PAC on TV all day, every day. Yeah. And we don't have anything like that. Right. And having somebody finally to have the resources to fight back against that, I have to admit there's something appealing to me about that um, because I, they're going to lie, cheat, and steal. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at what the guy did when he wasn't an incumbent. Now he is. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so I don't know. Again, like I, I, I it's still it's a it's still fluid, but um, I, I think at this point, certainly Bloomberg has a pretty good chance, uh, especially if Bernie does win in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and it's not a convincing win, right? Uh, and then they go to South Carolina, and it's Biden's chance to sort of put to bed kind of worries if he doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. I think if those are your two results, which are Bernie winning New Hampshire but by less than you expect, and Biden winning South Carolina. South Carolina, but by less mm-hmm. than was expected. I, I think we start looking at. I think a lot of people are going to look in Bloomberg's direction. Yeah. Um, you know, and and look, I I, I originally I liked I liked Elizabeth Warren a lot. Mm-hmm. I, my top choice was Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I wanted there to be a female nominee for all the reasons that uh, everybody else does, largely because women are better than men and we cause all the fucking damage <laughs> in the world and suck. <laughs> um, and I think I can say that with a straight face. Um, <laughs> but. But um, yeah, give you know us what? a chance I, to do some fucking damage. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Um, but I, I'm at a point now where like I, I need this guy to not win. Yeah, and I need I need if somebody's going to put resources into all these states that have U.S. Senate races too, mm-hmm. so we possibly can win a majority of the Senate. This is not the way democracy is supposed to be. This right. is not my choice exactly. of democracy. I've worked on for a couple of different organizations that advocate for campaign finance reform. I'd love to have a public financing system, mm-hmm. matching funds mm, yes. and all the rest. I'd love to limit what people can spend on campaigns. Yes. I'd love to limit the amount of time that they can be run because this is a ridiculous reality show yeah. that goes on forever. But I, I also there's you know the, the the part that bothers me about some of the Bernie folks on the left is is sometimes like their ideologues and there's the world that we live in and the world we'd like to live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the world we live in, I know what's going to end up winning this thing or has more chance of winning this thing. 
And so, no, I'm not going to count Bloomberg out. And, and depending on what happens in the next few races, unless somebody steps up and takes clear control, like if Amy Klobuchar suddenly does, okay, mm-hmm. I, I may have some interest there. Yeah. Buttigieg, if he does, you know, I mean, I, to me, I'll be honest. I know Bob likes him. Um, I really have a problem with the, the lack of experience. Um, that bothers me a lot. He seems like a great, you know, to me, I like him in terms of, you know, I, I like the fact that he stood up as someone you know, courageous, he openly gay, doesn't mm-hmm. give a crap and is willing to put his name out there. I think that shows courage. I think serving the military, I think there, there are things to like about him. Mm-hmm. And I'd be happy to vote for him a million times over yeah. Trump. You know, it's just when I'm weighing all of this, uh, you know, unless he steps up and does something else that convinces me, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess. It's oh, yeah, big, I'm it's right there at this point. I am absolutely 100 percent with you on him. And I think that, you know, I mean, it just came out the other day. Uh, Law and Crime put out a an article and I think it might include Joe Biden. But Buttigieg was a recipient of um, co- campaign contributions from um, I think it's Blevnik, I, I think um, oh, when it's only like it's only like five grand. But the thing is, the thing that bothers me about this is I, I would like if, if, if Biden also was um, is getting campaign contributions from Russians connected to I mean this guy is an American but he's a yes. Russian and he's but he's connected to Putin and he yes. he gave and Donald Trump a lot of money into the Republican yes. Party because he, he was able to to do it quote unquote legally yeah and he had partnerships with some of these guys I think he had a partnership with Deripaska yes and those other oligarchs and it's like hard to know. Uh, that this is what Citizens United opened up. How do we trace right. where all the money came from? And I mean, what a mess. Right. And uh, so it's like, I don't blame Pete Buttigieg because he's getting campaign contributions from Russians connected to Putin. But what I would like for him or any any other Democratic candidate to do, or any other patriotic, I should say, candidate, to stand up and say, I, I reject this money. We are being attacked by Russia right now, and I'm not taking it. Even if he's an American citizen, if he's connected to Putin, no, because Putin is attacking us. And it was, of course, people are yelling at me on Twitter as if I'm attacking Pete and I'm not. I wanted, you know, I tagged him hoping, and I just want to say something real quick. Uh, several months ago, I, I, I'm an ERA advocate, and yay, we just finally saw the last state ratify. Um, of course, they're going to now try to use a, a technicality to stop. Of course, they will. Of course, out, they will. Beyond the time limit, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they're going to try. There are lawyers, though, that are ready to fight this. But, and, and this is another good reason to get the Senate back so that the Senate will just put it through and it'll go th- through. And I think it's like a two year thing after it, after it was in honor of Phyllis Schlafly. Yes, absolutely. But with <laughs> Pete, um, several, I don't know, sometime last year, he referred to the Equal Rights Amendment as um, I, I, I don't remember the word he used, but it was like a throwback, like nostalgia, something like that. I can't remember. the. And so I tagged him and I said, no, this is not the way to frame it. It is not um, a nostalgic issue. It is something that's currently happening right now. And of course, people were accusing me of attacking him. And, and But what I found, and I was not the only ERA activist to try to correct him on this, but others did. And I noticed that the next time he spoke about the Equal Rights Amendment, he changed his language and it pleased me. And so, you know, I mean, I I feel like, you know, we have this ability with Twitter to get the attention of some of these people. And so if Pete may or may not know that this person donated to him. So I would love for him or any other candidate to just say, we reject this money because it would make such a difference. And it would be something that, you know, would I think that it would make 
Democratic voters feel very confident to know that that you know it's being pointed out, and I'm not I'm not accepting it. And and instead of having you know, I, I was getting all kinds of shit from people, that, like I said, as if I were attacking him. And it's like, no, this is not about attacking. This is about saying we don't want fucking Russian money in our politics. Period. Right. And somebody. Well, I mean, that's the thing. That's the point we've gotten to. And it's so damn frustrating. Yeah. Right? It's like the, the worst sort of uh, faith is sort of assumed of anybody <clears throat> who says anything critical. And yeah. again, you know, this is one of the things that I, mean, I don't mean to keep belaboring the whole thing with Bernie, but the, that whole situation is one of the things that really led to me initially being turned off because I couldn't say anything. Even if I was honestly critiquing mm-hmm. the guy's gun record, which I was the first time, you know, in 16, and I was swarmed by them. Yeah. It's not to say it doesn't happen with other candidates' followers, though, too. It's like, I mean, these cults of personality mm-hmm. where people get behind somebody and, like, you no longer can say anything critical. Like, I really liked what you said before about how you, you know, you're not getting, you're trying to not get emotional about it and to, you know, be analytical about mm-hmm. it because, again, that's what this is supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, like the whole theory that the founders, you know, were basing it on this stuff on the whole sort of, you know, uh, philosophers who are looking post enlightenment. It was sort of the theory that, you know, smart, well-educated humans could actually make common sense decisions, you know, that were in their best, you know, public interest, the common interest without like going straight to their lizard brain, yeah. you know, and <laughs> we failed that test so many times since then. Yeah. And by we, I mean, countries around the world mm-hmm. i don't mean just the united states but certainly us too and when people sort of get you know I, the thing i always say on the podcast that i do um i might as well plug it unprecedented which i do with john is <laughs> I, I always say the same thing which is you know you're not marrying somebody right you're, you're choosing the person who best represents your values i guess it's the person you think is the best chance of winning the person who best represents your values you think is the best manager there's a huge bureaucracy mm-hmm. here. We never talk about that, that management of that bureaucracy that's a skill and it's a good skill to have knowledge of foreign policy good thing to have mm-hmm. i mean i look at all these things it's not just ideology I look at all that and try to determine who makes the most sense for me mm-hmm. well that's what you should do no you don't need to have a poster on their wall that you walk by and lick every time <laughs> like, like, we're not you know this is i mean i, I mean come on like yeah. that's what this, this is supposed to be we're supposed to have proven ourselves mature enough for a democracy and you know on the best parts of twitter when you say something like you said and, and pete Buttigieg maybe sees that and reacts in a good way that's awesome <clears throat> but then there's that down part yeah. too there, you know that downside with, with these people who feel like they've been given additional freedom you, you be, especially the ones that are anonymous because you, you never know who they are in their face and it leads to them just saying the most awful things you know uh that, that they could they can think mm-hmm. of to people and imputing like the worst motives for whatever it is you say you know and i've been doing this long enough that it doesn't bother me and I actually kind of find it amusing sometimes and kind of challenge them to insult me better. Um, <laughs> but I do, I do realize that I'm not, that I, I may be unique. I don't know. I've had a few other people say to me, they don't really care either. Or they find it funny, but there are people out there that get genuinely bullied by this kind yeah. of stuff. Um, and like, it's wrong. I mean, I just, would you do that at your kid's school? Right. Would you do that, you know, uh, out on a Saturday night with friends? Like what makes you think you can act that way? I'm not claiming to be an angel and I say some pretty nasty things to people. I will say to you though, I, I've pretty much determined every time I do that, I never go after somebody when I don't know who they are mm-hmm. because they say something I disagree with and go after them personally and attack them. 
because I, you know, my, my assumption is they may say something you disagree with and they may be, you know, they could be wrong or maybe mm-hmm. they're right and I'm wrong, but they're making a genuine assessment. If it's somebody who clearly I know who they are and I know that all they do is act in bad faith, mm-hmm. well, that's different. Right. You know, um, and so those those are the types of people that I go after and I admit I can be less than nice. But as you started off this podcast with, I can be less than nice on TV, too. So <laughs> I don't just hide behind Twitter and do it. And I have my face on Twitter and my name. Uh, but I, I, yeah. I've done it because when people act in bad faith, uh, well, that gets me angry. You know, you're wasting my time. You're wasting everybody else's time. You're trying to propagandize people. And so I will be. But these people that just show up when you say anything and they don't know who I am. They don't know anything about me. Right. Um, you know, and, and but they're angry as hell at me. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I just killed their cat or yeah. something and I'm some evil. Uh, I mean, and, and, you know, this isn't about me. It's just I've seen it's le- even less about me because I said I don't really it doesn't really get to me. But there are a lot of people, you know, I mean, especially, you know, women, the rape threats and the other stuff. I mean. You know, there are people that are chased off of, of Twitter by this kind of stuff, or at least like are more muted because of it. And that's ridiculous. Well, it is. And, you know, I have to admit that I um, there are opinions that I have, whether it's about Bernie followers or Bernie Sanders himself, that I, I don't post because of that very reason, especially on Facebook. I mean, it's bad on Twitter, but oh, my God, on, on Facebook, it's even worse. But and I think the reason it's worse for me on Facebook is because. I think the difference is like in Twitter, you're in this pool of all these people, um, famous, not famous, everybody's there. You've got the trolls, you've got everybody. And so it's a little bit harder to um, take things personally. But Facebook is more, even though, you know, I mean, the friends that I have on Facebook aren't legitimate friends that I have in real life. But I mean, it's a little bit more of a personal site. I always like looked at Facebook as like voters. And then I look at Twitter as like town halls or, or a place to oh, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. Like to stand on your soapbox with your, with your megaphone. Um, and you know, I mean, I, I used to have a thriving Facebook page and then Facebook killed they it. Screwed you. Yeah, I don't they screwed you. I exactly they, what they, happened there, but I know that they screwed Well, they just, somehow. I got, I lost mine, um, with about 800 others. And I think, I think the main reason was that, um, they had accepted, you know, Mark Zuckerberg accepted rubles and then was called in front of Congress and then wanted to say, Hey Congress, look, I can self regulate and then got rid of a bunch of liberal and conservative pages to prove that he could do it without their help. And I mean, that's what I'm thinking happened. And in fact, you know, what's odd though, uh, two separate people not connected to each other, um, who work for Facebook were looking into this for me. And both of them told me that a, I was going to get my Facebook page back and B that it was, it was shut down by mistake. I never got it back. So whatever. Fuck you. So, yeah, exactly. Fuck you, Fuck Zuckerberg. You Zuckerberg. <laughs> um, but uh, you have a you so you still have a personal page. Yeah, right? I mean that's what I had. I mean they t- they took my personal page down. It was my profile. I I have a page that you can like, um, and then I've just oh, I've okay. also now started a new profile page. And you know what's really funny about that? And I just think this is like a random thing. I want to go back to what we were talking about, but um, I noticed that when I first started my old Facebook page back in 2010, you know, I was just at that time, I was nothing more than an author. I was not yet doing politics. And I think I got up to probably about 1100 followers. And then I wrote this uh, on my personal blog. I wrote an open letter to Rush Limbaugh from a liberal slut that got picked up by being liberal. And then, (laughs) (laughs) and then when being liberal picked it up, addicting info asked if I would write for them. And that's when it was in 2012. I started addicting info. Yes. I was very, there for, a brief time. Facebook too, didn't they? 
Uh, mostly. I think I think they're screwed. still like there. They lost their traffic from Facebook. Yeah, everybody right? pretty much lost their. Everybody pretty much did. But Addicting Info was not the most favorite place. I, I you know, I mean, I've I've worked for other blogs that I prefer, but whatever. It gave me my start, and so I will always be grateful. Um, but anyway, that's when I really started getting people following me, right? So, um, and plus, the, there was this woman who started up the Facebook page and website called Rock the Slut Vote, and she asked me back in 2012 if I would be the spokesperson. So I, w- I said yes, and that's when I really started becoming like this loud, vocal, uh, you know, feminist and all of that. And that's when people started following me. But I was probably around 1,200 followers, and what I've noticed is, you know, I started this new Facebook profile last year I gave in I'm like fuck it I'm gonna do it and then um so I got it's been a slow crawl you know like up to 1200 now that I hit 1200 the same thing happened to me uh that happened in 2012 is like now I wake up every morning and I've got like 32 52 or you know 45 or whatever new uh friend requests and it's the same thing happened it was like it was like all of a sudden it just became like every day and it took, I don't know how many months to get up to 5,000, but it was real quick compared to how long it took to get to like 1,200. It was weird. So I right. just, it just was like random. But going no, back. No, but I mean, <laughs> I, I'll say quickly, I, I, you know, with on Facebook, the only reason I don't know it, I feel like I know the politics of it as well, is because I made a choice at one point, even though like my Facebook start, started off as like, you know, there were people, I don't like saying it this way because it sounds self-indulgent, let's say, or whatever, but there, I guess there were fans, quote unquote, right? Yeah. People saw me on TV right, or of course, video yeah. or whatever um, and reached out and I did that initially. But, you know, then when I started sort of getting, you know, friends I'd lost touch with, I was back in touch with and, and you know, family members, mm-hmm. and it became more of that. And so I really tried my best to really sort of keep it to sort of, yeah. hey, look, at here's my son Dougie doing, you know, my 13-year-old doing this or stuff like that. But, but you know, Trump has tested that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it changes me at times. times where, like, I just have to put up something. So I'm probably about at that point where I'm going to find out what you're talking about because I'm probably going to warn people and say you may want to just mute me or if you really want to, unfriend me. Yeah. But, you know, I've, been, I've, I've not done this in the past because I don't want to offend family members that are Republicans mm-hmm. or whatever. But there is a point in time where you're staring, you know, the abyss in the face and you're looking at the future of your country and you know what like my kids come before anybody else so yeah um i'm, I'm gonna probably get it getting more political there in a way that, I, that i've saved for twitter for the most part well yeah i i, I have a, a separate facebook page for family and friends and you know it's funny facebook shut that one down too um <laughs> I just don't like you. no they don't they i started a new one and um but they i think the reason why is because I used a name that was, I made it up. It was this crazy sounding name. And um, I I used like Kaj Bimberly. And and so I think because they were shutting down pages, I was A, posting, uh, I was an admin on some political pages still, and I was posting on them. And I had that funny name. And I think they shut me down for the funny name. Um, (laughs) but, but going back to, we were talking, it's like, I don't feel, and I, and I saw somebody do a whole thread on this and I wish I could remember who it was. I believe I retweeted them, but, and it was last night saying that they lost, um, they've lost followers because they've posted the truth about Bernie Sanders. And you know, it's, this it's is on Twitter. Or this Facebook? is on Twitter. Somebody posted this on Twitter. I'm pretty sure. Like I said, I, I think Maybe I John, it. John said that on our podcast a couple times. Then it, it, it was probably him. It, what he thinks like he loses followers <laughs> you know what? i'm gonna check because i i could swear to god i think it was him um it you know it, it's just it's something that um 
is unfortunate because what I've noticed is, and I want to I want to cross over to an, a, a different subject, kind of in the sure. same vein in a second. But what I've noticed is so much of the replies come from people. If you go click on their account. Um, they have nine followers. They have zero followers or, you know, they're just bullshit. They're trolls. And so here's something that I, I just realized you can do. And I highly recommend this when you post something on Twitter and it's only when you post it, you can't do this to somebody else's post. But if somebody comes on and, and replies, that's a troll or whatever you can hit, you can hit at the top um, right of the screen. There's like a little arrow you click on that and it says hide reply it's the same place where you would go to block a user or something like that or report so um you can hide the reply and then you also have the option of blocking that person so you can either block them or not Um, so do you just hide the reply then of that one person or does it hide all replies i think it's i think it's no it's just of that one person Oh, I like that better because I thought somebody said something to me about something like that. And I thought that that meant to hide all replies, and what you know that would suck because obviously sometimes right. friends show up to say things people I want I want to have a conversation with who I don't know mm-hmm. or interesting people, and so I don't want to block all replies. Right. But that's interesting. Maybe I'll just you know. I mean, I don't like as I said, I don't care much, but I feel like I don't want. I, I, there's also the you don't want disinformation. Uh, that's what right. I don't, I don't want, want disinformation yeah. out there. And, and frankly, sometimes when somebody replies like that and other people jump into my replies, then some of these assholes attack them, mm-hmm. you know, and you start getting that whole thing. So that's an interesting thing to know about. So yeah, and it's good. And and I want to kind of like swing it over to the fact that what I've been noticing, and this is going to kind of come back to that if hopefully I'll remember to get to it, but um, I was using that hide reply and then block feature yesterday because I wrote a post about the fact that, you know, it just occurred to me that – Right before the election in 2018, I, you know, summertime, there was this huge effort by, and I, I don't, I think his name is Brandon Straka or whatever the fuck it is, and Candace Owens, and they're saying that black people are leaving the Democratic Party in droves, and it's called the walkaway movement. And Bob did a story on in Salon just talking about that this was something that you know. I think that it, I can't remember the absolute details. It's either something Russia promoted or something Russia came up with, but then they've got this Brandon guy who is gay and he's white. And so of course, if a gay white man is talking about the fact that he left the democratic party, it's gotta be of true. Course. That's so, what always try to do with someone like that. Yeah. And plus he was an actor before. <laughs> and, <laughs> so, okay. But, um, you know, I remember when Bob wrote about it, I know Brandon was all pissed off and was, and I was really glad to see Bob just fucking ignored him. He wouldn't give him any satisfaction of replying to him in any way. He just wrote about it and then ignored him. And so yesterday, you know, I, I wanted to remind everybody, don't forget, this is going to come back. And, you know, we know it's not true because it started in 2018 before the midterms. And you can tell by the midterms that the black people were not leaving the Democratic Party in droves. So um, this is just yet not. another disinformation campaign. But then what I saw was... Um, Okay, so I went to Brandon's page and I, uh, he, you know, I, I wondered because, of course, people were snitch tagging, which just means they were um, tagging him and Candace Owens in my, you know, un, in replies so that they would see what I wrote. Oh, so, Candace. yeah, so I wanted to see if they, you know, gave a shit if they said anything about me and were trying to attack me. And what I saw was Brandon had posted something that he had just decided on his own um, to walk out of four 
four New York restaurants because all the people were so rude to him. And, you know, in one case, one of the, um, you know, he's never seen it like this before. And he's always known that New York has had its own kind of way of doing things. But lately, it's just out of control. And so, yeah, you know, totally. he walks into a New York restaurant and he, he explained how like the hostess couldn't be bothered to get up from a stool and just look so annoyed when he came over to her. And, um, and then I noticed, so I noticed that yesterday. And then I noticed today, uh, somebody put up a clip of a, 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 I believe it was a black police officer who was on Fox and Friends talking about how now um, there's police are using less force because they're afraid that they're going to be fired. And the whole sentiment, what I'm seeing here now is right. in liberal blue states, um, you know, liberals are behaving in a way that's not American. And, you know, we're being rude in restaurants and we're being so politically correct, police aren't able to do their jobs. And I'm starting to wonder if this is a theme that was going to start, you know, popping up all the more. And so this is a perfect way to utilize with Twitter. You can hit that hide reply, you know, blocking yeah. thing. I highly recommend you do it because so many of these trolls are literally just trolls, whether they're paid. I mean, they're literal people, you know, they're actual people right. behind those accounts. And they know how to um, utilize and man, like they, they utilize um, guilt efforts and they're good. They can be good at manip manipulating you and, yep. you know, whether or not they know you personally or have followed you personally, they understand how to use certain kinds of language or whatever. And I'm just, you know, I mean, I don't know if you've seen anything like that, but I, I think we're going to start seeing more of it. We definitely will. And I've seen, I mean, look, I've seen a whole mixture of stuff, right? Some of it's bots. Some of it are well-known people who, you know, yeah. know, exist, who are just are trollish, in, you know, in who they are and always will be because they're just insecure assholes. Yeah. I mean, look at someone <laughs> like Seb Gorka. You'd think yeah. he'd have gotten over whatever the damn chip is on his shoulder the size <laughs> of Utah by now, but nope. Um, Call him a Nazi you know, on Twitter and get blocked. I did. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he blocks me too. He's a, he's a quick blocker. Yeah, uh, he is. It's funny. I remember you talking being Bob or joking back and forth because I think we kept getting blocked and unblocked by Dan Bongino, that crazy <laughs> fucker. Like he, 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 I mean, the fact that he ever was a Secret Service agent should scare everybody. I know. I mean, he blocked me too. There was a point in time that, like, I don't know if he worked on a presidential detail. I hope not. But yeah. that, that he was tasked with – I mean, he's crazy. Yeah. I mean, he will – he basically – what he does is, is – like, he must have some, some, some fake accounts. So he blocks you So because he thinks he's, like, getting at you. <laughs> like, <they're laughs> like, oh, no. You know, Bongo Bongino blocked me. I'm in real trouble now. <laughs> um, but, but, he, but he finds a way to see what you wrote about him, and then he unblocks you, so he jumps and insults you, and he blocks you again. Yeah. I mean, it's like you're dealing with a four-year-old, right? <laughs> um, but, I mean, like, so there are people like that, obviously, that, that I mean, and Trump is like flypaper for all the most maladjusted right. humans, mostly older white guys, mm -hmm. but there's obviously others in there, too. Um, but, you know, but then you're right. There's, like, these sort of, accounts with where people that have like five followers and mm -hmm. whatever and, and and i know some of them are bots and whatever but some of them are legit like, yeah just you know just fucking crazy people who this is how, how apparently they they you know the, they enjoy their days in a way i feel sorry for them uh, i mean this is what you're doing right you're spending your time just harassing people mm -hmm. going after people trying to intimidate people who, who you whose opinions you don't like like wow that's what you're doing all day um 
know. Well, and then there also, I mean, there was an article in The Atlantic. Of course, I don't remember the title of it, but it was going over like the billion dollars Trump campaign is going to spend on um, influencing this election by doing like those little things. The one by McKay Coppins. Yes, 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 yes. I just read that too. And again, like that, reading that, that's the stuff that makes me start to lean more towards Bloomberg. Right. Because it scares me that nobody can answer that. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless we're doing the same thing and mm-hmm. spending the same kind of money on all that, dominating the airwaves in terms of commercials, but also spending as much, if not more, on digital, like, you know, they have absolutely no sort of, there's no shame and there's no adherence to truth and there's no, there's literally nothing they wouldn't do for a vote. They would drive over you and me with a tank if yeah. you get them a vote. So, I mean, that's what, you know, you're right. I read that too. And it's gone. So there's no doubt. I mean, just expect it to get worse because it will. Yeah, it's and, and the thing is, is like, A, I think we're going to see more, like I said, we're going to see more of these suggestions that people who live in blue states are un-American and, you know, we're going to see more troll activity and we're going to also, it, it goes down into the weeds because it's like if, you know, if you're a Warren supporter, a Warren supporter then Bernie supporters are going to come on and start trolling you. And if you're, you know, if you're this, if, if you support Biden, then you're going to have this kind of support. It's like, I think so far what I've witnessed is the Bernie troll crowd is worse. Um, you know, as somebody, and I, I always want to clarify this because not all Bernie supporters, of course, not all. I was one and I still like his overall vision, but I don't like the way, a, you know, a, a huge group of his supporters behave and it turned i mean you know i've had people argue with me and they're like come on man it's not all of us it's like of course it's not all of you but it's it's too much of 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 his supporters and it's it's making people feel like you know john your partner aravosa said he can't say something truthful without getting clobbered and it's like it's fine to have disagreements it's fine to say i disagree with that policy but it goes beyond that and it becomes this this negative nasty bullying bullshit and and it's just it's endless and it's time wasting and that's what i think we're going to be seeing there's going to be an effort you know i mean right now we're seeing a huge huge um i guess effort is the right word on the right to kind of paint poor bernie sanders as being treated like shit by the democrats and they have their own agenda there and so i would imagine some of these bernie trolls are like right-wing extremists posing as rabid Bernie fans, you know, to sow discord, yep. you know? So it's, no. I think it's coming at us from all angles. So it's not to say that I think all Bernie supporters are bad. Obviously, you know, I mean, I share the vision that they do. I want a progressive country. I want Medicare for all. I, I want to get to a point where we have the, you know, where people can go to college for free if they can't afford, you know, Um, an expensive university that they can at least go to a community college that's free. I would really like to see that happen. Um, And I understand that it's not going to all happen right away. I mean, it's, uh, but, but I, I do not like, I don't like this division that's happening and I don't like, you know, there's a lot of things that I don't like, but especially coming from, and I, I do think that whether it's Russians or the GOP extremists, I do think they're posing as Bernie supporters and they're making it worse. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, what my problem is, is I do feel like, Bernie and some of the people he chose to surround himself with have opened this yes. door. Yeah, I mean David you know, Sirota is a terrible, right. terrible when you, when you, fucking when you jerk. When you make David Sirota, yes, I mean when 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 you know, God, he was a friend of mine way back. When, really? Wow. That. <laughs> well, it was a long time ago. Um, when you when you when you 
do that when you put, you know, when you've got Susan Sarandon and Brianna, whatever yeah. the hell her name is, people out there as your surrogates, people that told people that Trump would be better than right. Clinton and to go vote for Hillary or not to vote for Hillary. What kind of a message did that send right from the beginning? Yeah. And when you all of your appeals are about the corrupt DNC, the rigged DNC, the you know the corporate DNC, the blah 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 blah. Well, then you know how is it that that people use constantly sort of undermining the party, attacking the party, doing all this? How then do you see those people turning around and supporting the party mm-hmm. eventually? Yeah. When you're doing that, I mean, it just, I mean, so he's sowed all of this division. And it's, to I me, mean, my longer term view, it's because he's never been a Democrat. He yeah. comes originally from sort of a Marxist background. And I think he became, he moved more, you know, away from the that extreme to sort of more of a social democratic kind of mm-hmm. way of thinking about things. And I agree with a lot of that. Yeah. But he still has kept this sort of, you know, this mindset of, of what that comes originally kind of from, from being a Marxist and, and, and you know, and I don't say that as a pejorative the way Republicans do. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with it, but I mean, just philosophically looking at things, which you the way, what I mean is you have an economic analysis of everything. Everything is based on class warfare and economics, yeah. which is why I think it's such a blind spot sometimes to racism and sexism and things like that, because you could make us all economically equal tomorrow and that would not make racism disappear. It would certainly help. My guess is there'd be less racism. I'm not saying none of it's caused by economics. Yeah. But they're just, you know, like there are just people that are racists. I mean, you know, and, and there always are. And that's been part of my problem is, again, it's not, you know, most of the policies he stands for now, which I agree with. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, Medicare for all, my only difference is that I don't think, you know, Medicare should be the only policy you should be allowed to have right you know my mom has this great veterans policy because my dad who you know worked at the u.s merchant marine academy for years and it actually is better than medicare my dad had heart disease you know before he passed away in 2013 medicare probably covered the majority of things well guess what covered all the rest of it yeah the veterans health policy and so with my only issue is don't say to me we can't have that policy too right right um and I, you know so i guess the devil's in the details because i think every single person should have a, 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 the opportunity and access to medicare and it should be for free for people up to a very high income. I mean, we should be making yeah. healthcare something that you don't think about the cost of it at all. You think about taking care of your health. Mm-hmm. You've got issues that, you know, that would be my goal. And yeah. so, I mean, I, I certainly share the goal there with, with, with Bernie and I, I share a lot of, you know, other policies too. My guess is on everything from, you know, universal childcare and family mm-hmm. leave and all these sorts of things. It's just, you know, when you do that in a divisive way and when you encourage a cadre of like already angry young men to like show up on Twitter attacking people, you know, because of certain divisive things you say, when you call out for others to have full transparency and you attack Hillary Clinton over speeches of Goldman Sachs, but you won't release your medical records, mm-hmm. you won't release your taxes for a while. And you, I mean, they're just, just you know, there's a lot of holier than thou crap mm-hmm. there that gets a little bit old and exhausting. Yeah. And, you know, I just I've got to say that um, it's this is my I mean, it sounds like you have a similar view, but I mean, in this particular race, I feel that Elizabeth Warren is the best choice for a number of reasons. Um, I, I, I feel that she would be first and foremost, I feel that she would be the best president and she has the best vision for this country. Plus she has the resume to back up the fact that she can get it done. Um, I would be happy uh, for a number of people to, to get that nomination and to to vote for them, but she's definitely the first. And and it's unfortunate to see that she's um, not surging in the way that I would love to see. I'm not at all surprised, but, and I've kind of said this before, and it's, it's something that helps me remain uh, let's say, you know, unattached or 
less emotional because it's extremely hard for me not to get emotional. Politics is extremely personal. Sure. Um, but I feel like as you know, I came to ERA in 2012, so that's not that long ago. Um, I was not one of these people that was fighting it for it in the 70s and never let it go. There are people out there who have been fighting for it for that long and literally yeah. have been showing up to, you know, legislators' office and, and making them aware of it and, and you know, really putting so much effort into getting the ERA passed. And so I came to it late. I came to it in 2012, but it was obviously something that I immediately took to and, and went, you know, just head first or whatever they call it. I just jumped in. Yeah, and sure. um, I didn't really think that it would happen. I mean, obviously we still have to get over this obstacle of the expired deadline, which they're going to try to use as, as a loophole to keep it from happening. But um, we got our 38th state final and 30, you know, the 38th and final state, Virginia. Yep. So I didn't think I was going to see that. I didn't really think it was going to happen. I mean, it's not to say that I did. I just figured it was the longest shot. And sure. so I kind of looked and at it. I think it was. I mean, yeah. right. We're lucky that certain states changed enough over the years. You know, so that I means it's weird when you look at the which states passed it, which didn't now, and that's why we had a chance. Yeah. And I feel like we were two states short, weren't we? Is three. that right? Was it three. Minnesota that passed? No, no, no. Or it was three states, and basically up until, I think, 83, we had 35. I don't remember right. all of those states, but then it just stalled. And I was right. like 82, 83. And then well, the, Schlafly and her gang were able to kind of they, stall yeah, there. They, they like stopped it. Reagan came in and yeah, all that. That whole thing. Then... It, Trump gets elected, interestingly, and then in 2017, Nevada uh, ratified it. In 2018, Illinois ratified it, and then we just most recently saw Virginia. And the thing is, is that so Nevada and Illinois. I think I was, I was, you know, I'm a Midwesterner, so so people can't claim it. I'm claiming all the flyover states are the same. <laughs> but I was speaking of Minnesota and Illinois. That's what it was. I knew it was somewhere in the Midwest. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, well, I was just going to say that. I mean, I think it's fascinating that it happened when. I mean, obviously, it had to do the it had to do with the makeup of the legislature in Nevada. It wasn't just that Trump was the president, but I believe that you know the fact that we had that women's march and you know we had that particular makeup in the legislature and we had all the people on the ground doing the work. Um, it all led up to that magic moment in 2017. And then the same thing happens in 2018. And then finally, you know, voters come out in 2018, they turn Virginia blue and we're able to do this. And so, yeah. um, you know, we need to turn the Senate blue so that we can get it ratified or enshrined into the constitution. But the whole point is that I think that, you know, I'm kind of used to, I, I don't want to be used to it, but I'm kind of used to the idea now, um, that, you know, with, there will be a woman president. Um, I'm not happy with one day. I want it to be today. I want it to be, you know, years and years and years ago. But I recognize yep. that we are in a patriarchal society right now. And in order to overcome that, it's just there's going to be obstacles that have to be overcome and there's going to be time involved. And so as much as I love Elizabeth Warren and I, I believe she is the best person for the job for so many reasons, um, it doesn't appear at this point and things could change. So I, I'm excited. You know, I'm going to be yep. voting for her in the primary and I'm totally open to possible changes. But um, I just have to have my mind prepared so that, you know, like I cried when Bernie didn't win. 
twice. I cried because uh, yep. the vision for the country I felt like was gone. Not that I didn't, I didn't think Hillary would be a bad president. I thought she would be a good president, but it was just a different feel. You know, yeah, it's I like, understand. I like that I mean, feel. Again, like when you get emotionally invested in something, um, especially when you're sort of a longtime fan of somebody, I mean, I get it. I mean, I, I know what I said before about trying to, to keep the emotion out of it. But, but again, all of that's always easier said than done. I mean, we have to always, I feel like, try in a way just because, uh, you know, because it, then you can end up, I'm going to sound like Yoda here, right? But you can end up having, it can lead to anger and, and yeah. lead to hatred. And, and like, uh, I think that they can take you down. You can go into that rabbit hole and whatever, but but I get it. Like, believe me, I, I mean, I, I'm going back much further, but I think when I woke up and looked like Florida wasn't going to be a word to Al yeah. Gore, I felt like crying. I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> I probably was pretty close to it. <laughs> and, when, and I don't think I could cry when Trump won because I was still in shock and didn't know yeah. it was actually real. I, I kept thinking this can't really be happening. And so I'm going to wake up at some point. And it didn't really happen. I know that uh, that what was like the worst fucking night, wasn't it? I remember oh Bob and I were sitting on the couch and I'll just like, I just always remember like feeling right before, um, the night, you know, right before everything started happening, I was very happy. And I thought, this is the night that we're going to see a woman win and that glass ceiling is going to be broken. And I had all the confidence in the world. And then the, uh, you know, the results started coming in and they started benefit. God, initially it started benefiting Trump. And I remember thinking, okay, this is just like, you know, false uh, security, you know, we're going to start seeing it for Hillary. And then it just, it didn't happen. And when at the end of the night, I, I, I was so sick to my stomach. I, I just, I'll never forget that night as long as I live. And we can have either, another because one. It's so much like depended on that. Right. And we yeah. knew it. I mean, it wasn't first, we we're going to get the first woman president, which mm -hmm. was going to be a huge deal. Yeah. But we knew there was a Supreme court seat right. there waiting because of what McConnell did. <sighs> yes. And, and it likely even beyond that one seat. And of mm -hmm. course it ended up being true with Kennedy how old some of the other justices were and mm -hmm. likely was going to determine the future course like we're at that kind of point where if, if we had a third term of a democrat mm -hmm. you know mcconnell had ground so much to a halt but he but stuff had been slipping through because he couldn't stop everything forever yeah. it was just going to be that much more difficult you know for him to do it um you know and then ugh, and then of course what happened happened you know and like all that just magically is gone mm -hmm. you know we're set yeah. back another generation it's just, ugh, well God, you know i I, I started off in in the intro uh talking about the fact that i put out like a a positive post on visualizing getting a democratic candidate or i'm sorry you know having a democratic president sworn in in 2021 in and visualizing you know mitch mcconnell susan collins lindsey graham all these people gone and then oh, you know God, i mean we beautiful. visualize it and then we have to take action to make it happen and i feel like you know it was great because the last time i checked the post had like over fourteen thousand likes on it which surprised me because it was a positive post and um but it shows me but if it's inspirational it just shows right. you can inspire people too that that's the better way and and that's what I want to do. Like I want, I want people to realize that you know we we absolutely have the ability to make this election go the way we want it, even with um, nefarious cheating and whatever the fucking Russians and, and Republicans are doing to cheat. I do believe that if Americans come out in droves um, to vote, that we can win this. And I, I feel like we need to like as much as possible collectively see victory and then make that victory happen. Not, not a wish, but you know, an absolute no, like, you know, action. Turn out and show that we care and rebuke this and show that this was an aberration 
You know, I mean, the best thing that we could have done after the Bush years was electing Barack Obama yeah. to say, this is who America is, not that. Right. And then we have this creaky old system again that puts somebody in office that didn't win a majority of votes, didn't even come close. You now it had help from foreign countries and mm-hmm. all the other garbage. And like the best way to say, like, we, you know, that this was an aberration and this was a bad moment, but we're, is to reject this guy and reject his Senate. You know, and so I think you're absolutely right. We need to imagine the positive. We need to, you know, I mean, I don't have a, a Senate race in Ohio, but there's, you know, I, I go across the Ohio River just south of me in Cincinnati and I'm in northern Kentucky. Yeah. Guess what? Mitch McConnell's there. You know, wherever you are, people, there's something going on near you that's important and you can get out there and make a difference. And I think it's important to, to, to do that. So I'm yeah. glad you wrote an inspirational post like that because people <laughs> need that too, yeah. you know. We don't need to just be scared of Trump to get to the polls. We need exactly. to be like, let's let's grab our future and, and get us back on track from from where we were set off track four years ago. Yeah, and I mean, I'm doing that in my in my personal life, where I'm I'm you know I know that the Trump administration has made me feel insecure. It's made me feel um, anxious and all that. So I I've been us- utilizing manifesting techniques uh, because they I mean, if nothing else, they help me. Uh, focus on the positive because when negative thoughts come up, I have to push them away and I have to replace them with positive. And it's made a difference in the way that I'm, you know, just everything. It's just like how I see things. And so I, I, I know that we can do this. I know we can, and we just have to put our minds to it and we have to have, you know, not have defeatist attitude. Um, but, you I know, I couldn't agree more. I guess we should end this on a positive note then. So this, yeah, this is well, we are. <laughs> See, we're, we're, we're feeling happy. We're going to do this thing, kids. Everybody we are. Out. We are. We are. You um, know, and I will turn out and I will vote happily for Bernie Sanders regardless. I will vote too. happily for anybody else you name. You know, yeah. I don't. I mean, if they're on the Democratic side and they're going to, to push us towards a more, you know, a, a sorry, I'm going to be geeky here, a more perfect <laughs> union, let's yeah, say. Yeah. Let's do that, you yeah. know, and make this a better place for Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking A, man. <laughs> um, okay, so. so tell everybody where they can find you. All right. Find me. Um, I am the best place political stuff at Cliff Schechter on Twitter. You know, Cliff's easy. There's two F's in there. And my last name is spelled S-C-H-E-C-T-E-R. Dropped off the second H on the boat over. Um <laughs> So, so at Cliff Schechter and then my uh, media consulting firm where I work for some Democratic candidates and causes and whatever is Blue Strategies. I'm sorry. I got, I got my own thing wrong. <laughs> BlueAmpStrategies.com. Um, and if you go to those two places, uh, you probably find me. Cool. So, and then, uh, and you also do that podcast, unpres- The Unprecedented? I'm such an idiot. Um, <laughs> yes, and I do a podcast too. <laughs> it's called, it's, you go to www.patreon.com slash unprecedented. We're kind of making fun of what Trump said when he tried to say unprecedented. Right. And we also, <laughs> our goal was to unprecedent him. So yes. Double entendre. So unprecedented. You can find us there. Please subscribe. Uh, we don't have nearly as many subscribers as Bob because we're not nearly as cool. Uh, so we need more. Come on by. Hopefully you'll like uh, what we have to say. I think you will. All right. Well, I'm going to put those links into the Patreon description. Thank you for being on the show. Talking to you was so much fun. Uh, I had a great time. Thanks so much. This is the first time I got the pleasure, I think, of talking with you. And I yeah, really this was the first so time. Thank you. Well, you, you'll have to come back. I will absolutely do that. Awesome. All right. You take care, Cliff. All right. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. That was a good conversation. I like him. And uh, 
not surprisingly. I mean, I know Bob and, and, and Cliff are friends, so um, it's not surprising that he's a cool guy. And I did see that, uh, of course, I was Cleta Mitchell. I think her name is Cleta Mitchell. That is so freaking awesome. You should just you should just Google Cliff Schechter and Cleta Mitchell and watch him take her down. It is just it gives you so much joy to watch it. Um, what else? What else? This Wednesday for sure. Stephanie's going to be back. And that's Steph Walton. I always just say her first name because I assume everybody knows. But Steph Walton, who uh, used to be my co-host, and now she is on at least once a month. Although we missed January, um, but here she's coming back. Or did we? Maybe. I don't even remember. I can't remember. Um, so much went on in January. Uh, I had my... I had my um, or, yeah, I had my biopsy in January. There's all the throat stuff going on, which, of course, I announced last week that my biopsy came back benign. Everything's good. Um, but anyway, so Stephanie's going to be here on Wednesday. We're going to be doing a patrons only. Um, we'll, we'll be doing a free show and then we'll be doing a patrons only show after that. And then I'm hoping, let's see, next um, Monday, I'm going to be talking to the Volatile Mermaid who goes by Oh No She Twittent on Twitter. And then um, I believe on the 19th, I'm going to have... Uh, Jody Hamilton, or no, I'm sorry, on the 24th, I have Jody Hamilton. Sorry, the 19th, I can't read. I'm looking at my calendar across the room and I can't read. Oh, no, it's Steph. There you go, right? I don't know who I'm having on. Don't even listen to me. All I know is Stephanie's going to be here this Wednesday. <laughs> and I can't read. So she's going to be here um, this Wednesday. And then I know, like I said, Volatile Mermaid will be here on Monday. On the 24th, we're going to have Jody Hamilton. She is often on Stephanie Miller. She's on Bob's show every Thursday. Um, she's the daughter of Carol Burnett. And she's got her own podcast from The Bunker. So this is going to be a fun time talking to her. I'm really going to enjoy it. And that's going to be it for today's show. Don't forget you can find me on Twitter at author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. You can also visit my Amazon page and see my books, Peyton's Choice about abortion, teen abortion, uh, Ain't No Sunshine, Men Reveal the Pain of Heartbreak, The Virgin Diaries, and The Pole Dance, or I should say American Woman, American Woman, The Pole Dance. I'm getting, you know, I can't even, I can't even tell my own titles anymore. <laughs> Am I old? Or am I just tired? I don't know. But you could just visit my Amazon page. The, the, the book that sells the most, though, is The Virgin Diaries and Peyton's Choice. Peyton's Choice actually sells a little more, which is, I'm glad, because I wrote that book for women. Women for choice. I just, I, you know, I, 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 it's a pro-choice take, but it was not something that I just rah-rah pro-choice about. I mean, there were... You know, Peyton really thought about it. She really wondered what she should do. And she thought hard about it. And, it, you know, did she regret it? I don't know. Just read the book. <laughs> All righty. That's it. Enough of my babbling. Uh, I will see you this Wednesday with Steph Walton. Bye, everybody. Bye.